0: Welcome to Straight Out of Health IT. Getting into health tech is rough, but here's an unfiltered dialogue of healthcare leaders and influencers covering a wide variety of issues affecting healthcare and the health tech industry. And now, your host, Christopher Cunney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight Out of Health IT. My name is Christopher Cunney, and I'm so excited to have you, listeners, to our podcast today. I'm also equally excited to discuss this topic for today that is really everyone's lips, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and specifically diversity, equity, and inclusion in healthcare. Healthcare organizations have a growing responsibility to improve diversity, equity, inclusion efforts, not only for its employees, but also for the patients and the families that they serve in their communities. DEI has been a recent focus really for many organizations across the world and and healthcare is no exception. But you know, healthcare organizations also have a particularly unique responsibility to this term uh, or this initiative, primarily because of how it impacts the quality of life for everyone that they serve in their community. I'm sure many of you have heard the term social determinants of health and how that's now being part of the narrative in the delivery of care. You know, with great Opportunity comes great responsibilities. And I think healthcare organizations overall, although putting that effort into addressing DEI initiatives, still in some ways falling short in meeting the ultimate goal there. Given that this is such an important responsibility, healthcare organizations really need to continue to double down on its efforts uh, to address diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. However, there is a bright side to this. There are organizations that are really leading the way, and one of them specifically is Dignity Health. And I'm so excited today to have as my guest uh, Jeffrey M. Roche, who is the Senior Vice President for Business and Work for De- for Workforce Development for Dignity Health Global Education. Thank you, Jeffrey, for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend a few minutes chatting about this very timely topic. And before we begin and delve down into it, I want you to take just a few minutes to uh, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey in the industry, your current role at DHGE, and more importantly, why is this white guy taking on this topic and leading this effort at Dignity Health? (laughs)
1: Sure. Well, Christopher, thank you, you know, certainly for the opportunity and, and, you know, glad to be here. So, you know, I started my career in actually June of 2008 and, and actually in a, in a hospital here in Northeast uh, Pennsylvania where I had the privilege of serving over nine years at a, at a facility called Lehigh Valley Hospital Pocono. And throughout my time there, fortunate to be a part of a team that led everything from business development, community engagement, community health, public affairs, uh, as well as strategy. And so, in that in that work, as you can imagine, uh, wearing all those hats, what was fundamental was really the idea of building partnerships, partnerships with the community, partnerships with community-based organizations, partnerships with culturally and ethnic different types of organizations, and being mindful of where where we were meeting their needs and being attentive to areas where we needed to do better. And actually, it was in that work where I first became really uh, not only aware but intentional about the issues of health equity. And so for me that experience, particularly spending a lot of time with different groups in the community hearing of their concerns where they felt our community uh, and not just our community but also our healthcare system was not meeting their needs in the way that they needed them to be met. And that was really mind was kind of a mind-blowing type of situation to me where it woke me up to the perspective of we have to get back to Designing healthcare for everybody, really having a human centered approach to to each and every individual, and really look at it from the perspective of when we build new practices, when we build new hospitals, when we build new solutions in healthcare, it always has to come back to how does it meet the needs of of a very diverse community here in the United States and globally. And so, you know, my journey has really not just started in in that setting, but continued through, you know, time and education where I've brought together what I learned in healthcare into education from the mindset of eds and meds as I call it. Education and medicine are the two elements in our society that can truly change and transform communities and so you know I've been blessed to have had both of those experiences and then obviously uh, now serving at Dignity Health Global Education. So to answer your question why is this white guy uh, a part of this you know first and foremost let me say that not only was it certainly the experience uh, of what I learned and saw in the time as a a leader at Lehigh Valley Hospital, Pocono, where I was truly exposed to a lot of challenges and needed to find the opportunities to improve care and elevate care for all those that we serve. But it was also truly the impact of, of family friends who came to this country from Jamaica and shared with me throughout my life growing up and still to this day what it's like for them. And so I have always been the type of person where, although I don't live that life, I've got to find a way to walk alongside and see where I can be of support. And so for me, I have been reminded by many mentors that are very trailblazing leaders in this space that I've got to use my white privilege to get into good trouble. And so I am proud to do that, uh, particularly when it means we're going to impact lives.
0: Well, that's exciting. Very encouraging that you are woke <laughs> around this that term of diversity, equity and inclusion, because I think in many cases, folks hear that term and they they get a little nervous, especially folks who aren't uh, of black and brown uh, color. Somehow it's some sort of indictment against you know them and their privilege. And, and that's not meant to in any way have people feel like, you know, they don't deserve the things that they have. But more importantly, help them to recognize that you know there is a privilege that exists, and that you know because of that privilege, you need to now be even more aware, responsible for when you see how that privilege has maybe negatively impacted another group of people, and then what is your responsibility to ensure that we sort of flatten the curve, as it as it, you know as it as I would say, in uh, these areas where. It's impacting someone's ability to receive quality, quality health care or just quality opportunities in general. So, you know, building really a culturally competent, inclusive workforce really will help expand health health care across underserved communities. And really entrench a pool of leaders and policymakers who actually bring those perspectives to the table as well. To having also have those experiences and, and dealt with those things within their own lives, within their own family and communities, bringing that perspective to the table. So, why do you think you know having these culturally competent and inclusive inclusive workforce in healthcare is important? And what do you think are some of the catalysts that really helped to spark now? healthcare leaders awareness about the need to establish a more culturally competent workforce to be more aware of uh, the diversity that exists within the communities and how that
1: impacts the delivery of care absolutely yeah so i think you know first and foremost we have to remember that one of the first leaders that really rose attention on these critical issues of health equity was dr david satcher Exactly. Dr. David Satcher served as our Surgeon General, first Black Surgeon General, and then also as Assistant Secretary of Health. He, he called attention to these challenges, and he has never stopped. We all know he continues to do that each and every day now at the Satcher Health Leadership Institute. But at the core of this, Christopher, I look at it from the vantage point of, you know, we all in healthcare talk about the quadruple aim, but you're never going to achieve quadruple aim if you don't address diversity, equity, inclusion. Exactly. And it has to be intentional. It has to be intentional. So I tell individuals all the time, quadruple aim looks at access, it looks at costs, it looks at our provider clinician experience. And it also thinks about all the people in healthcare and how we're gonna advance outcomes while looking at all those different elements. Well, if you don't do that with an issue or with an intentional focus on health disparities and the fact that people, I think, without question after COVID, many people have really been uh, further educated that, it doesn't matter whether you're an urban, rural, or suburban community in the United States. There are health disparities everywhere. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's abundantly clear that we've got to be intentional and strategic about exactly. how we address them. So, you know, to your point, there's a couple things on what has woken people up to this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know the tragic and and frankly, deliberate uh, death of George Floyd raised a lot of attention around systemic racism. And Absolutely. It definitely also got healthcare leaders more attentive to what do we do around diversity, equity, and inclusion. But I want to call attention to something here. I just want to remind all of us in healthcare that it can't just be a branding exercise, and it can't just be we're committed to it. You've got to be intentionally committed to it. And that means not only having a chief diversity officer, but that means embedding diversity, equity, inclusion into every practice, every medical protocol every policy, every procedure, into the culture. In my view, diversity, equity, inclusion is a cultural transformation in healthcare. If we're gonna truly transform healthcare, we do it with a lens that we are inclusive. We do it with a lens of equity and we do it with a sense of belonging for all. When we do that, we know based on study after study from the best academic medical centers to the best researchers globally, that we will move the needle with health equity, because if we provide care that is uh, not just culturally aware, but culturally responsive, patient safety improves, care delivery. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And cost comes down because we're actually addressing those issues earlier in the process.
0: Exactly. You know, I'm glad to hear you. You say that because I don't want you know, I don't want to wake up, you know, three or four years from now. And this is still not a very relevant topic. This shouldn't be just a topic of the day, just because, you know, of George Floyd, many of the other, you know, uh, atrocities that we've seen around police brutality and just the fact that now individuals feel a little more woke about the, the, the current systemic racism that exists within our country that this has a profound effect across the board and everyone's impacted by this. I mean, there's a term rising tides raise all ships, right? And if we don't address these health equity issues uh, within these communities as well, they will have a direct impact on uh, the majority communities as well, too, in terms of cost of the delivery of care, access to care, uh, the overall delivery of quality care across the board. So it's really important that we look at this thing in a very holistic way. In addition, we have to start to address some of you know the post traumatic issues that we in the, in the uh, specifically in African American community have experienced when it, when it's come to healthcare. You know, you've heard the things like Tuskegee experiment and others that have. Created really a negative impact amongst folks within communities of color in uh, trusting the healthcare system as a whole too, and so having a community care providers that look like them that come from those same communities will start to again allow those individuals to trust the system, to for individuals to understand the, the uniqueness of those communities as well, and then be able to provide a, a level of care that is in line with the culture that they come from as well. And so I'm excited to uh, hear again an individual like yourself who understands that, who has had an experience of being around people of diverse backgrounds and recognizing that care can't be delivered across the board in a very systemic way, that we have to look at it based on each of the cultures and apply uh, the different nuances associated with those cultures into the delivery model.
1: You know, Christopher, there's an important point that you brought up there too that I'm mindful of when we talk about diversity equity inclusion because I think it's unfortunate in the United States that oftentimes when you bring this topic up many people particularly who, who have not been educated or or have taken the time to even want to understand this immediately go to black versus white or black and white
0: right a good and evil you know
1: yeah you know. and and it's not it, first it's of not. all it's not. first of all like DEI in healthcare means everybody so because you could be an individual that's white, but also have Hispanic background. Or you could that's be right. an individual that's it's, white and have Asian background. So, Exactly. It's a much it's broader inclusion. issue
0: than just black and white, for sure. Yep. Even sexual orientation, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes as well. Yep,
1: yep absolutely. And the other thing I want to highlight is I was just at a conference recently, and one of the, there was a phenomenal speaker there. And one of the things this speaker said to us is, is don't forget our, our uh, brothers and sisters who are disabled or have developmental disabilities. That's right. In healthcare, that's about inclusion. And so inclusion means everybody. That's and if right. And we think of healthcare for all, we improve healthcare.
0: Absolutely. Even veterans coming back from war and dealing with the, the, the challenges associated with post-traumatic stress and yeah. the health issues as a result of maybe being injured. I mean, it crosses all demographics. And I think when we put the lens on from that perspective, then hopefully we can have more meaningful conversations and, uh, and address the gaps across the board that impacts these, these communities. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, you talked about the kind of the black and white issue and the anxiety that exists. You know, with many healthcare leaders today, when you start to ta- try to tackle these issues, some of it's anxiety, some of it's bias. You know, let's just be very honest about it. You know, some of it can be bias related as well too. How do how do we start to really break down and you know demystify? Um, these issues with our healthcare leaders and the influencers so that they really understand that um, the impact that uh, the current delivery model has, the weaknesses in it, and the gaps that exist in that model, and the things we need to do to start to incorporate a different way of delivering care for those underserved communities.
1: Yeah. So, you know, let me just say, I think in many ways, COVID has certainly changed this for the better. From the perspective that I think it doesn't matter whether you've been in a rural suburban or urban community our healthcare system has seen the impacts of health disparities exactly we we need to hope though that our elected officials take a better uh, take a better job at that as well though because when we look across this country you can see states that took a more public health look at addressing covid and and from a health equity standpoint those states actually did better those that didn't take public health and put it as number one, those states actually significantly cause more disproportionate impact on those that already don't have an equitable chance in healthcare. And so this is really where it's important. So from my vantage point, there's a couple reasons where where healthcare has to continue to advance this forward. First, diversity, equity, inclusion is not just about culture. It's not just about patient care. It's also about Integrating with social determinants of health,
0: exactly. as well as
1: integrating with all aspects of the delivery system, and so from a data perspective, and from an integration of all those transformational movements into the future here within healthcare, that's what we've got to do. I think the other aspect about this is that we've got to um, we've got to change the the, the the dynamic of how we talk about it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I've served on boards when people talk about systemic racism, some people immediately shut down. And what I always say to people is take a second here. Take a second. You don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes. I don't either. So instead of immediately responding in that way, sit back, reflect, reflect, Talk about it, right? And and I do
0: think you know, as a person of color, we also have to be very sensitive to the fact that these are difficult conversations for individuals to have. One, because one, they may not have experienced the same thing you've experienced. Two, there may be some inherent bias that exists, or to some degree, some level of guilt that they're feeling behind the privilege that they've experienced and they don't know how to effectively articulate you know, those feelings in a way or address those feelings in a way that they feel would be sensitive to that individual. So we have to be also, I think, open to having these crucial conversations and understanding some of the things they may say to you about the current, their view of the world may not always align with what your view is as well, but you have to start having this dialogue. If you don't start having these difficult conversations, then we can't find the things that, that, um, that we believe are, are the true barriers to overcome, but more importantly, also find those things that are common amongst ourselves too, right? Because at the end of the day, I think most human beings want the same thing. We want safe homes. We want our kids to be safe, great education, great health care, nice retirement, fun vacations, you know, safe communities, so on and so forth. But, you know, when you really break it down, we all really basically want some of the same fundamental things, including quality of health care. I know I don't want to go to the doctor and be treated any way, any differently than a a white guy or a, a white woman. Or, or any other, you know, group of people, you know, and I think that's fair to ask for that. And if we're not receiving that, we should be able to have very objective conversations about why that doesn't exist and what we can do to correct it.
1: Yeah. And, and the other part to this, you know, I think for healthcare today is it's all about corporate social responsibility. Exactly. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we've seen organizations that that have clearly, you know, put forward, this is who we are. Disney company is a good one. You know, they're right. right now putting it forward. This is who we are. You know, obviously in, in the state of Florida, they're challenging the status quo on a pretty significant DEI issue. They're saying, no, no, that, that you can say you're gay. That's right. In the in, the, in Disney World, and you're not going to be punished, uh, regardless of who thinks they're going to punish you. So, you know, I, I think, Christopher, to your point, the one thing that I am always cognizant of with, with this topic is I remind people all the time, remember our words, because you know, when we talk about DEI, we're talking about communities that have been through a lot. Exactly. All across. And if we aren't intentional about our words, we actually exacerbate more trauma, more tragedy, right, and more challenges than we ever think. And that's why I always say in healthcare, I, I always say healthcare needs to be a beacon of hope in this. We need healthcare leaders to, to challenge those that aren't careful with their words because a lot of people deal with trauma. And the last thing we wanna do is perpetuate that.
0: Absolutely. you know. And there's so many different points we could go around in terms of the causes of this and issues associated with that. But I I wanna kind of pivot a little bit and really talk about what's happening at Dignity Health and what you're doing with the programs that you're working on today and how your, your organization is really taking a leadership role and starting to create a pipeline of leaders to to start uh, to address some of the fundamental issues associated with diversity equity and inclusion as well so maybe you can spend a little bit of time chatting a little bit about the programs that you're leading i personally have actually gone through uh, some of the training and educational uh, certification programs so i'm a proponent of it uh, as well uh, but just take a few minutes and share with the audience uh, what's happening at dignity health
1: yeah so at dignity health global education you know fortunately uh, with the support of common spirit health you know we we launched you know as you know Christopher an equity impact scholarship uh last summer and what's what's been amazing about that is that you know at this point today all of the funds have been allocated for the certificate programs where we impacted over 700 individuals and and what i want to call out is that over 65% of all the scholarship recipients uh were individuals of color and and over 70% were individ- were actually women that's great and so you know what we what we're excited about is that this is a small piece of continued impact and continued work. Now, there are still funds available for the degree programs. And so for individuals that are interested in you know, online, R in the BSN, uh, MBA in healthcare, we're excited about the fact that we literally have the most diverse MBA of healthcare class right now with Northern Arizona University. That's and you know, similarly, we're approaching nursing with a very clear lens on diversity, equity, inclusion. We've gotta bring more male nurses into the system we've got to bring leaders that are that are are diverse culturally aware and certainly culturally responsive and so our commitment here has been we've got to level the playing field because we know education is expensive exactly and if we don't make education more equitable how are we going to bring a workforce into healthcare that is equitable or how are we going to help those that are already in healthcare go up or be upskilled or reskilled into another opportunity So this is intentional for us. And certainly being part of that conversation is something that I applaud, you know, the leaders of Common Spirit Health and our CEO for being very thoughtful that we've got to move the needle. And if we're going to move it, we do it through these intentional programs.
0: Absolutely. Well, I commend your organization as well for its efforts to start to close that gap and to create that pipeline of individuals who will be our next leaders and a very diverse group of leaders, both, you know, women, people of color, different genders and backgrounds as well, too. And and this is the way we really start to, I think, close that gap and uh, create a much more inclusive environment as well too. So I'm excited about that. You know, we could spend again the next hour covering a wide variety of, you know, topics related to this, this issue. And I, and I definitely will have you back for us to continue to peel back this onion in greater detail, but I want to end the conversation with just some personal things I want the audience to know a little bit about you. So, so tell me, first of all, what's a recent book or a movie or some sort of social media you know, activity that you've experienced that has really had a kind of profound effect on your life right now?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I am a prolific reader right now. I'm I'm reading actually a book about the impact of chief of staffs in the White Ooh, House. Interesting. But from a social media perspective, you know, I can't say enough about Simon Sinek. You know, I, I regularly follow, follow him from the perspective of, of, you know, we're dealing with the great resignation. We're dealing with the great reshuffling. But at the end exactly. of the day, it all comes down to how we treat one another. And so I, as a leader, am reminded of that every day uh, when I see those quotes.
0: That's great. That's great. 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 Uh, great suggestions. I have to check that out as
1: well. The other one, Christopher, if I could, was sure. No, I please. How last week uh, we I was at a, a Pennsylvania Health Equity Summit, and there was a a speaker there uh, called Justice Shorter. I don't know if you've oh, ever heard today. Justice speak, uh, but Justice. Uh, literally transformed this room of over 300 health equity leaders in Pennsylvania. And why was it transformative? Was was not only was Justice Black, Justice was as she identified a lesbian, and Justice was blind. Exactly. And her oh, wow. message in all of that was, where are all of you in making healthcare responsive for me in exactly. all these And well, we were we were truly. From the mayor's office in Pittsburgh, sure, uh, state leaders uh, to you know healthcare systems, etc. We were we were called to our feet in a very powerful way, and and uh, it was a very uplifting, but also call to action.
0: Well, I, I know I've got someone on my list to check out as well too, and then last question for you: if you could go back. 20 years uh, knowing what you know today and having a conversation with yourself what what what's, what's some of the words
1: of advice or uh,
0: insights that you would give yourself?
1: you know it's it's very interesting. so uh, let me just say that without question, I always give credit to to my grandmother um, and certainly my mother but and then the reason I say that is that my grandmother, unfortunately, like many individuals uh, that are facing what they're facing in Ukraine, faced actually the same oppression uh, in Germany from from unfortunately, uh, the Soviet Union at the time. Exactly. And so you know, she came to America, my grandfather, uh, in the '60s to build a life for her family that was not a life where they would be uh, threatened by other individuals. And what she reminded us as young kids is that, despite that, we love all, we serve all, and we are we are are privileged to use what we are to support everybody and who we are to support everybody. So I share that from the perspective that. You always got to remember your humble beginnings Absolutely, and, and you got to remember that every day is a process and a journey. That's and right. so when I look back where, you know, throughout my life and throughout my career, if there's one thing that has really stayed with me, it's, it's, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, above all, try something. Exactly. That has stayed with me because we all have a duty to try something. And even when people doubt us, we're going to continue. And, and, uh, we've got to be there to support others who need to try something too. And that, that that's
0: really right. with me. Yeah, I always say, you know, I always ask myself, you know, the question when I'm facing challenges in life, what's the worst that can happen? And can I survive it? And at the end of the day, if I can survive it, then it's really not a risk. You know, it's, you know, it's a calculated risk uh, at the very least. And to your point, I think if we could all follow the, follow the golden rule, uh, I think the world would be a much better place as well. Well, Jeffrey, I just wanted to thank you again for, for taking time to share your thoughts and insights on this timely topic. And for those who might be interested in the scholarship program that you offer, uh, where can they get more information uh, about that?
1: Yeah, I would just encourage them to go to dhge.org and there will be uh, information right on the homepage regarding the Equity Impact Scholarship.
0: And And I will say as a participant of the program, great material. I learned a lot through, you know, the the course that I took and the certification that I received in healthcare innovation. Uh, And I do encourage everyone to uh, go out there, check it out as well. Well, thank you again. I'm excited to uh, have another episode in the can. I encourage all of you to continue to listen uh, at future podcasts and check us out on all the social media platforms. Thank you so much for your time, your attention, and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Straight Outta Health IT. We hope you enjoyed today's guest. For more unfiltered dialogue of healthcare leaders and influencers, be sure to tune in next week. For the show notes, transcripts, and resources, please visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform. We invite you to give us feedback by reaching out to Christopher Cunny on LinkedIn, just searching for Straight Out of Health IT and you'll find us. We are constantly having live discussions about diverse topics in the industry.